Welcome to the very first episode of the Earth Station Who podcast. It's going to be a podcast dedicated to all things Doctor Who in fandom, TV shows, and the culture around it. Um, you might have recognized me. My name is Mike Faber. I'm the host of the Earth Station One podcast. And we thought it'd be great to spin off our show into a little bit of our love, Doctor Who. Um, we have, you know, people who have appeared on our show in the past who will be popping up as guests on the show. And we also, you know, have our co-hosts who will be also with us and we'll have guests other times who will be, you know, throughout the show and such. should be kind of interesting to see where the show goes and everything. So this is all virgin territory with us. So let's um, go ahead and let's introduce my co-host for tonight. Let's say hi to Mike Gordon. Howdy. Welcome, sir, to Earth Station Who. Oh, wow. This is a different, it's a smaller station, uh, but it's um, still pretty cool. It looks actually, I, I, it, you know, I noticed on the outside it's all blue, so that was kind of cool. That's, so, Dude, it's the same station. I just changed the light bulbs. <laughs> I see. Oh, I get you. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's it's, that It's stain. just bigger on the inside. Exactly. <laughs> now there's, you're getting it. There's, there's that stain that JD left. I see it. Okay. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, um, but no, this is uh, really exciting. I'm. Uh, I know that uh, you know. I love Doctor Who, and I know you're. It's you know your favorite series ever. So uh, plenty to talk about. And uh, the the times that we have talked about Doctor Who on our station one have been fantastic. We've had some great guests, which, like you said, we will definitely be talking to again, as well as new people that we haven't talked to before. So. Oh sure, we're going to try to get you know writers of the books of the comic books. Um, we're going to try to get some actors and such. So we'll be having all these different, you know, like I started saying, writers and also hopefully maybe even get some actors or some artists and, you know, different, you know, people who are involved in the Doctor Who community. This is just not going to be reviews of the episodes and such. We're going to go dive into everything that deals with Doctor Who. So it should be kind of cool. We also wanted to introduce you to our newest co-host of the show. Um, we want to introduce Dave. Hello, Dave. You uh, want to say hi to the fans out there? Uh, hello, fans out there. I've uh, been a fan of Doctor Who since I was a wee boy. Uh, love the classic series, love the new series, and love to talk about it as much as I can. Cool. We're actually going to be talking about our, everyone's history with Doctor Who in a few minutes and everything. Cool. So it'd be kind of cool. We also have a couple guests with us tonight. Uh, first off, you know, Bobby Nash is here with us to welcome <laughs> us into the Earth Station One 
uh, genre, and we're going to be going for becoming Earth Station Who. Yes, kind of, kind of felt it would be cool to be here to kind of help help see you guys on your way. Exactly. He and even has the bottle of champagne to throw at us. Exactly. <laughs> well, it's, it's yes. You know, hopefully, hopefully the glass won't break into light. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yes, yeah, so no, I'm happy to be here, and hopefully, we'll pop in from time to time to join you guys. That would be very nice, sir. I would really, you know, it's nice to have a little bit of the Earth Station One feel with Earth Station Who. And we'll have probably Dan stopping by, who's our co-host also on Earth Station One. Possibly Judy and William also will be, you know, poking their heads into the station, too. Um, We also have a friend of the show. Uh, Rebecca is also here to help sit in and welcome Earth Station Who off the ground. Hi, thanks for having me. I I am always uh, willing and able to talk about Doctor Who. Um, I'm sure much to the annoyance of my friends. So uh, it's nice to actually be invited to come and talk about Doctor Who. (laughs) <laughs> what your friends don't like when you walk up to them and go, spoilers, darling, spoilers. That's right. They just give you that little, like, look going, oh, my God. Well, most of my friends get it, but, you know, you know the other ones are just like, oh, enough already. <laughs> <laughs> I do understand that. You know, everyone's like, enough with that blue police box thing. Come on. <laughs> Talk about something else. But Doctor Who is everything, you know, to, at least to me. We're going to be, you know talking about different like i said we're in each episode we're going to be reviewing one episode from you know one storyline from the series and such and we thought it'd be really cool to start with the very first episode for our first episode seems appropriate and from there we'll be going off and talking about the regeneration stories and such like so we'll be going in from here we'll be going to talk about the 10th planet in our next episode and, you know, that's going to be interesting because no one could see it. So <laughs> since the, that's one of the lost episodes of Doctor Who. So it'd be there's like footage here and there that's, you know, pretty spotty. But like the actual regeneration stuff episode has actually been lost to time. So they haven't recovered it yet. Well, that means no one can argue with you and say you got it wrong. Exactly. That's right. But there is like the target novelization, which I read and. You know, hopefully maybe we'll get an expert or something. And speaking of that, if you ever do want to sit up with us, you know, up here on Earth Station Who, our email address is eswpodcast at gmail.com. And, you know, write us, tell us if we're doing a good job. We really, really like hearing that, of course. And, of course, we have a feedback line here. It's the same feedback line as on Earth Station One, which is 404-963-9057. Um, you know, call us 24-7. We have a recording and, you know, say, hey, your first episode was great. The first episode was mm-hmm. And, you know, it'll be kind of cool just to hear about it. So let's go around now. This is usually the portion where we're going to have Doctor Who news and such. But I thought it'd be a cool way for new listeners to learn a little bit about us and such. Um, let's go around and let's find out what is everyone's history with Doctor Who? Like, who was your first Doctor and why you fell in love with the show and such. Let's start with um, Dave, since he's the new co-host of the show. Uh, the first thing I saw uh, was back in 83. I saw The Five Doctors when it showed uh, on American television and didn't know really what I was looking at. I, I was, what, seven years old at the time. It was just something that I caught at a relative's house because I was tired of hanging out with relatives. And... It was just awesome. The big thing that stuck out in my mind was John Pertwee uh, and his sort of fight with the 
uh, the assassin android. I can't remember exactly what that thing was called. But uh, the javelins and whatnot had its big arsenal outside of the cave. That really stuck out in my mind and then didn't see Doctor Who probably for a couple more years. And Tom Baker was my sort of reintroduction on PBS. Uh, Saturday nights, uh, Prisoner and Doctor Who would come on the local PBS and they would show the entire story rather than showing 30 minutes at a time or whatever. So I didn't even know until several years ago that they were you know, initially split up into the 22 or 25 minute episodes. To me, they were always these hour and a half or so long stories. And I, I got them all at once, but Tom Baker's definitely my doctor. Uh, I, I like all of the others for varying reasons. Uh, and tonight we'll discuss how I feel about William Hartnell's doctor, who I've kind of experienced for the first time recently. That's what's really cool to hear. Cause Part of the fun of this is going to be experiencing some of these episodes for the first time and hearing our reaction and then also getting the reaction from our listeners out there. I think that's yeah, part it, of the fun of this. Uh, I, I had, you know, my only exposure to William Hartnell previously was in The Three Doctors, which he didn't, you know, have a, a whole lot of a part in. And then he, he wasn't actually even in The Five Doctors. So, so watching. Uh, an unearthly child was the first time I'd really gotten to see his doctor. And that's interesting. Very cool. So we'll get into that in a few minutes and welcome aboard, sir. Good to be here. I, I like the blue duct tape you used for this particular uh, <laughs> earth station. Well, it actually added, it's the same duct tape, but just a different color light bulb. <laughs> nice. <laughs> cool. Mike, what about you? Um, well, I, you know, I talked about it on ESO, but also, so, um, um, my first doctor is, uh, the fourth doctor, Tom Baker. Uh, I can definitely remember, uh, in the, probably the, I don't think it was the late seventies. I think it was just the early eighties where, uh, our local PBS affiliate up in new England, uh, was showing it. Um, I think it was on around seven, I think they were showed two episodes, uh, and that would be on at seven or eight or something like that. And, so I would watch that and uh, yeah, I mean, just fit right in. I mean, although the, you know, it got a lot of heat at the time and among some of my friends uh, about the effects and everything, there was something really smart about it, something really charming about it, uh, uh, Tom Baker. Um, and just, he just seemed like a cool guy. I was big, also big uh, Sherlock Holmes fan. So he seemed to be kind of an, of that sort of intellect taken to the, you know, nth level. Um, Plus, you know, as goofy as Tom Baker was, I mean, you know, he was hanging out with companions like uh, Sarah Jane Smith and Leela. So, I mean, and I was right at the age that I really appreciated that. So um, um, very cool. Um, the PBS affiliate that we had really didn't continue uh, much past the Tom Baker years, or at least maybe I just dropped out of it because I don't remember seeing uh, any of the Peter Davidson or anything after that. So there was kind of a big hole. Uh, I at the time, it was difficult to watch uh, other uh, classic episodes, so I really didn't see much uh, until uh, the Paul McGann movie, which I was really disappointed with, as, as you know, so many of us were. And then I thought, you know, it's got to come back someday. It's got to come back someday. And then in 96, when it came back with, uh, I'm sorry, in 2005, when it came back with Christopher Eggleston, I was just like, wow, this is thank you. This is, this is the doctor that I've been, you know, waiting for, for uh, all those years. So, um, 
uh, and I've just enjoyed it ever since. It's I love the concept. I love the fact that you know uh, he is a hero of uh, intellect over brute force. You know, um, and uh, it's just it's just a great show. Very cool. All right, let's ask our guests um, their experience with Doctor Who. Let's first talk to Rebecca. Uh, well, um, like I'm sure a lot of American kids, I discovered Doctor Who on PBS um, because it showed on Saturdays right after a women's prison show called Prisoner Subblock H. Huh. <laughs> I also enjoyed, which I'm not sure that an 11-year-old girl should have been watching that show, but um, anyhow, uh, yeah, I, I don't know that I understood it, uh, Doctor Who, right away, um, it took me a while to, to kind of figure out what was going on, but I, I distinctly remember actually seeing Logopolis and seeing Tom, Tom Baker turn into Peter Davidson and it taking me a few episodes to realize, oh, that's the same, it's the same guy. It's just a different, you know, a different actor. Um, I'm thinking this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And, um, I remember our, our PBS station showing, I think through Peter Davidson and, but it, I don't re- really remember seeing, um, any, you know, Colin Baker or any of the, the later doctors. So I kind of lost touch with Doctor Who until um, they, they brought it back um, with uh, Christopher Eccleston and just fell in love with it all over again. Um, and I have to say, you know, Tom Baker was my first doctor, but I am a, a David Tennant girl. Ah. <laughs> I got to admit. So Dr. Hottie, huh? Uh, a little bit, yeah. I mean, I think, I think, I think Christopher Eccleston was, was a brilliant doctor, and I would have loved to have seen what he did, we would have done with a second season. Um, but unfortunately, that wasn't to be. Um, but I think, you know, David Tennant did a fantastic job. I think Matt Smith's doing a great job so far. Very and, cool. Uh, I'm just excited to see, I'm just excited to see where it goes. Nice. I like that. Bobby. Um, well, this is probably going to sound pretty f- similar, but yes, I, you know, I caught, uh, some of the Tom Bakers on PBS, um, on the weekends when I was, uh, younger and just remember going, these are really, really cool. And, you know, and then after a while, just, you know, once you reach a certain age, you know, you start working, you know, getting the jobs and you're not home on the weekends. And I kind of lost track at that point. And, um, then picked it back up with the uh, Fox movie, which oh, Paul McGann. Yes, with Paul McGann, and then it kind of disappeared for a while. And when the 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 tenth Doctor came in with uh, on the Sci Fi Channel, I I I mistakenly thought it was a remake that they were just starting over and doing it. And I was just like, I don't really have time to get into anything, and I kind of set it aside and, and didn't watch it. And then they were doing like a marathon or something. And I caught a couple of episodes. And so the first ones I saw were the, uh, the empty child episodes with the, uh, you know, are you my mummy? And was like, Oh, this is really good. Then of course, at that point, that was about the time it disappeared off the sci-fi channel and went to BBC America, which I did not have access to. So it wasn't until I started, uh, doing the Earth Station One podcast, and Mike goes, hey, I have those if you'd like to borrow them. And so at that point, it became like a marathon viewing bum, bum, bum. to catch me up. Yes. so And Mike and Bobby saw the light. Yes. <laughs> and so here I am, you know, late to the party, but 
I got here eventually. <laughs> Very cool. And we're glad to have you, sir. Uh, yeah. My history, actually, with Doctor Who is pretty similar to Mike's and Dave's, actually. Uh, I started off with do- with the Doctor, with Doctor number four, Tom Baker. I was very fortunate, though, where I grew up, um, outside of Washington, D.C., the PBS station there showed Doctor Who every evening at 11 p.m. on the weekdays. And at the time, I was probably eighth or ninth grade, and I was able to see... The, uh, I think the first storyline I saw was the Talons of Wai Chiang. Um, and, you know, the one with Mr. Sin and Leela. And it was a great, great story. And it was just, I fell in love instantly. It was about time travel. It was monsters. It was science fiction. It was just everything a young geek who was big into comic books and Star Trek and all that. And literally Dr. Who was locked me in from that point on. And I followed it all the way through the Tom Baker era. And they always kept on just repeating the Tom Baker stories over and over again. Every time they got to Lagolopolis, they went back to robot. So I became an expert at the Tom Baker doctors and then, like, finally at one pledge drive, they decided to finally start showing the Peter Davidson ones and got to see all those for a bit. And by that time, I was probably in high school and I went to my first Doctor Who convention and was able to see the newer ones. And they were announcing that, you know, by that point that Colin Baker was already taking over as the sixth Doctor. And... So I was able to see a couple of those episodes and get into it there. And then also was able to see older doctors and John Pertwee was cool. Cause he, it felt more like a James Bond type doctor. Cause he was stuck on earth type thing, but he's still fighting some monsters and the Daleks and such. But then we went into, I saw the patch start seeing the Patrick Troughton doctors and I, he became my favorite doctor at that point, just something about him, his, his mannerism, his character, in some ways, it kind of reminded me a little bit of my grandfather. I think that's where it touched with me. And from that point on, Doctor Number Two was always my favorite, and to this day, um, Sylvester McCoy comes a quick second, and probably third. I probably would be a tie between Tom Baker and David Tennant. But I'm really liking what Matt Smith is doing now, and he's gaining my respect and he's you know climbing through the ranks as they like to say yeah yeah i'm and, sorry did you say you went to your first convention in the 80s yes wow i bow to you sir that is like that's early doctor who conventioning that's for sure oh it it was i was up in new york we were up at my grandparents and there just happened to be a doctor who convention up that weekend and my parents let me take the train into the city wow that is Hi. awesome And, you know, I was probably at the time 16 or 17. And, you know, they said, you know, you know, call us when you get there, call us, you know, and make sure. And it was incredible just going to the show and everything. I don't even remember who the guests was, but I was just in awe being at the show and stuff and being with other Doctor Who fans. I didn't even go to any convention for, uh, till probably the nineties. So good for you. Well, I, I grew up though. My parents were very into me doing, you know, the convention stuff and everything. Cause they knew I, my love was comics at the, 
you know, all throughout my life. They took me to my first creation convention, I think, when I was like 11 or 12. Wow. And they, what later became uh, Baltimore Comic Con was, uh, at first it was a creation convention. And I think one of the funniest things uh, they were doing, you know, comic convention in, you know, the news was there and everything. I got on camera like three times or something. And so, cause you know, I was purposely walking in front of the camera with my Superman shirt on or something. One of my uh, favorite and most painful memories probably is that I got to go to the who North America tour that uh, the BBC put on back in, I think it was 86 maybe. Hmm. And they traveled around with Bessie and with tons of monster props and whatever from the show. They had this big giant trailer with a TARDIS uh, as the entryway. And you could walk through and see Santarans and Ice Warriors and K-9 and whatever. They, it was like a traveling museum. And then they had uh, Colin Baker and who else? A couple of the other actors from the show. So it was awesome that I went. But we took no pictures. I was a kid, so I didn't really know what to do there, how to really get the biggest benefit out of the con. So it was cool that I was there, but at the same time, I didn't make the most of it. Well, you were a young kid. You probably were like, wow, this is cool, you know. And it's like, right, right. I, but I would give anything to have pictures from that, man. Just, just all, sure. all, I, all I ended up with was this folder. It's Aww. like a, a, a binder with a bun. But that, I lost that in a flood a couple of years ago. So even that is gone now. <laughs> it's just a fleeting memory. Yeah, yeah but I've looked it up online. There, there's a little bit of information on it online. So you can kind of check it out and see what was going on. Nice. Very cool. I think, you know, everyone has, you know, their first Doctor Who memory. And if anyone wants to email us, you know, what was their first Doctor Who memory, we would love to hear about it and we'll read about it. You know, we'll read it on the air and such. I think that'd be kind of fun to do sometime. Um, but cool. And, you know, we're going to have, you know, like we said, the show's going to be evolving and expanding and such as we go along with it. And, you know, we're right now going on the fly. And on that note, you know, let's take a quick break and we will be back in a minute with talking about An Unearthly Child, the very first episode of Doctor Who. Welcome back to Earth Station Who. It's now time to talk a little bit about An Unearthly Child. Basically, Unearthly Child began on November 23rd, 1963. And I think that's when history was made. And do you, you guys know what happened right when Doctor Who was originally aired? Yes. What happened? Kennedy assassination. Exactly. Um, they actually, John F. Kennedy was assassinated, um, the day before 
that um, Doctor Who was going to run, and they decided to re-air it a week later because of you know you know not they figured more people would be watching the news and everything because of what happened to JFK. Because mm-hmm. even over there, he was a big enough figure that yeah, it was a, it definitely was an impact. But uh, yeah. Exactly. And so if you ever rent the DVD of An Unearthly Child, they actually have two versions of the episode on there. Right. They, have, they have the pilot and then the actual episode. They decided to reshoot it slightly to, you know, lighten up the character of the doctor a little bit and just tighten some of the scenes. Um, if you've, you know, it started off very mysterious at the time they introduced first Susan, which was the doctor's granddaughter. And then you also, and they also introduced Ian and Barbara, who were two school teachers of, at the school that Susan went to. And they were, you know, both discussing how Susan was just slightly off, slightly different than the rest of the kids at the school. And so they decided to go follow her um, back to where she lives just to see if they could talk to her grandfather about her and everything. And she actually ended up going into a junkyard and they were like, she's living in a junkyard type thing. So they followed her into the junkyard and they found a certain blue police box, which we're all now very familiar with. And then they were introduced to William Hartnell as the first doctor. And he was not very likable of a character. (laughs) <laughs> the same first, in that first pilot he's really not likable the second one i noticed that they got him to smile a lot more right but boy in that first one you're like yeah what a jerk exactly you were like we're supposed to like this person who is this person no pun intended <laughs> and you know he's supposed to be the main character and he is you know he literally kidnaps you know ian and barbara Yes. Yeah. And we have no idea what he's going to do with them, but it doesn't seem like it's going to be pretty for them. No, not at well, all. He, he kidnaps them after a struggle. I mean, it's it's very intense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, he's he, in, he, he, Oh, sorry, Bobby. Go ahead. I was going to say, because he even electrocutes. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> right. He electrocutes he, poor Ian. He's trying to open the door. Yep. And, you know, it's, it's neat because especially... You know, I started, like I said earlier, with the fourth Doctor. The interior look of the TARDIS is pretty much the same as I came into. And everything. Yeah, yeah they had furniture in <laughs> in the TARDIS control room at the time. Well, they have that whole other room with the screen. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so it was, it was interesting because it was so of the time. And... Yeah. It was interesting. What was interesting to me when the first time I saw this was that how much of the current doctor is there in the pilot? I mean, usually there's like a huge difference between what's actually in the pilot and what we see later on when the show becomes, you know, popular and has been on for a while. It's almost like, you know, those characters are unrecognizable or whatever. And certainly the doctor himself is a lot different, but, you know, the police box, the, the noise that it makes, the music, the the getting the companions and everything and there's a lot of stuff here that feels like a Doctor Who episode from today. It's not terribly different. No, I agree with that, Bobby. This was your first time seeing it. That's correct. What were your thoughts on it? 
Um, I really enjoyed it, um, you know, and because I watched it on the DVD, so I I did get to see both versions of the of the first episode. Um, I thought it was very well written. Um, there there there's there's some really good dialogue in here. I was I was pretty impressed, especially on, on the part of the, uh, some of the people in the cave, the cavemen, even though they're talking in that you know that that typical uh, TV caveman, you know, me good, you but you know. <laughs> Exactly, but, and we don't mean Geico commercial, right? Man. But I, I, I thought the, I thought the episodes were really well written. Um, you know, the fight scene between the two cavemen is really intense, and my 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 only gripe, if I have to, you know, for lack of a better term, is it seems like the doctor kind of disappears for parts of it. It's like it's like he's. Not front and center, you know. It's uh, Ian is like taking charge at one point, or we're spending a lot of time with the caveman, and you just kind of like, where's the star of the show? But it didn't hamper, though. I mean, other than that, it didn't hamper my enjoyment of the entire story. Right. So, so yeah. So I, I definitely enjoy it. And like Mike said, I was impressed by how many things were there. You know, the TARDIS console, I mean, the TARDIS room didn't change that much from doctor to doctor, at least until we get into the newer incarnations. Right. You know, so the um, the sounds, the look of the outside, yeah, it was pretty um, – it's like they – it's almost like they knew what they were doing. Um, and it's kind yeah. of – it was funny how they kind of hinted when they walked out of the TARDIS when it was in the uh, Stone Age and Susan looked at it and says, Oh, it's still a police box. Right. I'm, yeah, I, I was going to say, that, yeah, apparently this is where the chameleon circuit breaks. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, didn't she say it had also been like a sedan chair and a column at one point and mm-hmm. a couple exactly. of other things? And, uh, and she seemed quite surprised that it was stuck in this form. Yeah, and so did the doctor. The doctor, as he was... He went off on his own, and he was surprised. And then, yeah, then a few minutes later, Susan echoed that same surprise, and... Uh, so I, I was it's, always curious if that was something they ever explained or, you know, if we ever saw it happen. So I, I you know, it's, it it's also interesting that Susan coined TARDIS. Yeah. I, yeah. She, she mentioned that early on that she put together time and relative dimensions in space as just TARDIS. I, li- I like that. Cause I, I had never caught that before because I've seen this a couple of times now, but that jumped out at me this time. Right. And it was, I was gonna say it was it was a little because I'm so used to what I what we've seen before. It, it felt a little weird hearing them say, "We've got to get back to the ship. We've got to get back to the ship." Right. You know. And then later when they're like, "We got to get back to the TARDIS," I'm like, "Okay, that sounds right." Well, <laughs> and he even said at one point that he was using you know being polite and using their term for a a traveling craft by calling it a ship. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because they later on in the show even the Time Lords start referring to it as TARDISes. Mm-hmm. their ships and such so right. it's like oh they all took it from susan <laughs> <laughs> well, oh let's not noticed- get into continuity <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> continuity and no, no. doctor who doesn't mix you know yeah, well, there's never one- been a giant strong suit yeah uh, there was one thing i did notice it, on the dvd packaging how they refer to it is there's a man who claims to be susan's grandfather it's almost like they're putting in that little bit of doubt there Exactly. As to whether or not he is actually her grandfather. Which they've never gone really into. 
Right. He probably just kidnapped some girl like he did Ian and Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> well, she like, definitely seems like she's she's a, a Gallifreyan, right? Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Although I don't know if they ever mentioned that she's got. Do they ever mention that she's got two hearts? And no, they didn't okay. really. Well, get, they doesn't didn't... she say at some point that she was born in the was it the forty third century? The forty oh, yeah forty yeah, ninth century. century. Yes. Yeah. And that's that's a question that I had for you, for you, some of you guys, because I'm not as familiar with the older episodes. Um, is that you know she? Other than I think she was in the fifth, uh, the, the five doctors. Um, there's really no other reference to her later on. No, they you know, she, or having you know the doctor having a granddaughter. Uh, they've touched on it and such. Every once in a while, he's he's looked wistful and, and mentioned it. He's yeah. mentioned Susan, but he's also they've also touched on it quite a bit in the Big Finish audios, right? And and there have been other times because I remember um, I, I rewatched a David Tennant one uh, recently from the, his his second season where he mentioned to Rose that he had been a father once before, right? So they yeah, have, and even they, yeah, yeah, uh, that's true. So you know, and they, I know he always gets kind of touchy whenever anybody. I know even with Matt Smith, you know, he's somebody, I think, um, you know, he, he was asked, you know, if he ever had kids and he didn't really answer the question. Well, there was talk that if you remember the last David Tennant storyline, um, sound of drums and the, uh, whatever the last story was, um, that the woman who was covering her eyes and who kept on appearing to Wilf that they were maybe that rumor was going around because everyone says, who is she? Who is she? There was rumor going around that that might've been Susan. Oh, oh see, I, I had heard that it might be his mother. I, yeah. See, I had heard that too. That, yeah. that was my thing. Yeah. No, that's I, what I, I had heard as well. I heard anywhere that it was Susan, that it was Romana, that it was, <laughs> that it possibly was even Donna. So, yeah. you know, there's, that there's, it was there's, just, there's a lot of candidates. Uh, I like exactly. the Susan, I like the Susan idea best now that I've heard it. Exactly. So it's a possibility, you know, but I don't think, you know, I don't think Moffat's ever going to come back to that. No, I no. don't know. I mean, he likes throwing old school stuff in there and I'm really curious to see as we're gearing up to the 50th anniversary. I mean, I think he's going to find a way to celebrate, you know, all the incarnations of the doctor. And I would not be surprised if there's at least, I don't think anybody wants a complete, like, this is who the doctor is kind of start to finish biography. Right. But um, I think he might, you know, he likes to play with, I mean, that's to have the fun, right? Kind of like making these hints and, and trying to, for us to piece together some things, especially when it conflicts, you know, because then everybody has to use their brain and try to connect stuff. So. Oh, sure. And yeah. it's interesting because yeah. the seventh doctor actually came back to the uh, junkyard. In one storyline. Yes, the one of the Dalek stories. Exactly. And it was interesting because it was Foreman's Junkyard. And they used the surname while they were on Earth. Because that's how she got the name Susan Foreman. Oh, and right. that's when uh, Ian referred to the doctor as Dr. Foreman. Doctor who? Exactly. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> He's actually the first one that does that. <laughs> yep. And I was a little disappointed we didn't get uh, It's Bigger on the Inside line, really. <laughs> Oh, yeah. well, you got it so many times after, though. That's exactly. true. Um, overall, I enjoyed the story. You know, I enjoyed more the very first episode. The caveman part, not as much, 
but it was setting the stages and everything. And you could see so many, like Mike said earlier, so many things that have carried on over almost 50 years of Doctor Who, even to today and such. And I got I to gotta say, though, I was pretty impressed with the special effects of like the wherever it is, the, the TARDIS lands with the cavemen of how well. I mean, you can kind of tell it's painted backdrops and whatever, but I really liked the look of the whatever planet they're on. That was supposed to be Earth, I think. Was it supposed to be Earth? I mean, Earth I wasn't sure. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't sure either. Because they never said Yeah, I it think was it was Earth. supposed to be prehistoric Earth, I think. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but they, it was, they haven't uh, introduced that, that, you know, the reason why everybody can understand and everybody speaks English, though. <laughs> I think that's much later. And they all have British accents. Of course. Well. <laughs> the British accents. Even the cavemen. I know, right. The cavemen are talking in these British accents like, wow, they're pretty sophisticated cavemen. Well, of course. well there were cavemen in what became Britain. <laughs> <laughs> Again, all planets have a north. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I concur. The only the only thing that throws me off on this is and and does uh, is a red flag for me is uh, the doctor. And I don't have a a problem with Liam Hartnell at all. As a matter of fact, I think he's he's definitely engaging. He definitely like owns the room when you know when he's down there. So which is something that the doctor should do. And I like, like I said, I like the second pilot because they made him, you know, he's smiling and he almost seems more like a trickster than he does a grumpy old man. But it seems like in the third or fourth episode, they kind of like forget about that and they make him grumpy again. And to the the one thing that really just I can't get my head around is that I'm like, he picked up that rock and he was going to kill that guy. And that was like, I could, I just could not see the doctor ever doing that. No. Exactly. Um, it was there's some things that were very uncharacteristic for the doctor now, including you know kidnapping you know Ian and Barbara from the beginning, um, or trying to kill the caveman, or even the the doctor was smoking a pipe. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And you forget that this was supposed to be for fam- for you know families and children. I mean, well, there's, exactly. there's death and killing and all these like intricate plots and everything like that. And I mean, you know, it's so much the better for, for the British kids, but I'm just like, wow, this would never go on American television for kids. Well, it might have in the sixties. I don't know. You've seen some of the stuff we got in the sixties. True. But there, I mean, but, but you know, the sixties was so much less PC than what we have today. You had fewer, you know, you didn't have as many people going, oh, my God, kids can't see someone die or, you know, like they do now. But Well, exactly. So I think it'll be interesting to see what happens, you know, as we go through the eras of Doctor Who, seeing how it's evolving and even seeing how the character evolves of the Doctor and such. Because we'll eventually, you know, I think our first round is going to be going through the regenerations. But after that, I think we're going to you know, going into like firsts, you know, of the villains and stuff like that. And so we'll get more into seeing more of the first doctor and see how Hartnell changed with the character as he, as he, you know, established it and everything. Cool. I'm I'm really interested in that. I've seen this one. And I think the one that comes after that on the beginning DVD is the one, the first, is that the first one with the Daleks? Yep. Da- okay. Daleks were in episode in, in storyline number two. Yeah. So, so they're the very early on, do we get the Daleks too? So that's that's pretty wicked. 
exactly. And, you know, we'll get into when we do the Daleks, we'll get into the whole Dalek mania stuff and, you know, how popular they were and such during the 1960s and such. And, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. And um, let's go around the room real quick. And what we'll do on this, we'll do um, t- how many TARDISes we'll give instead of, you know, stars and everything, just to be a little Doctor Who-ish uh, huh. and corny-ish. So let's start with Mike out of one of one to five um, TARDISes. Well, it is the first, so it is a I think required viewing for any Doctor Who fan, and uh, I don't think it'll be that. It shouldn't be that painful for Doctor Who fans out there because there's a lot to recognize. Um, so I mean, it might be you know um, somewhat if you're so used to uh, things, but as far as I'm concerned, it's 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 right up there, and I would give it you know probably a four four and a half, I would think. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, I, real quick, um, I just also uh, want to give credit where credit is due, um, because I've often thought, you know, because we know a lot about uh, other, you know, sort of Star Trek is Gene Roddenberry and everything like that. The actual creators of Doctor Who were uh, a Canadian um, and uh, a woman, and uh, I think a um, uh, an Indian uh, fellow. So uh, definitely some interesting, and they, they it, it was really tough to get this made. Uh, the Canadian's name was Sidney Newman. He was the um, head of drama at the uh, BBC, right. um, and he he worked on the script. And then uh, it was produced by, I believe it was, uh, uh, sorry, I had the name right here in front of me. Ver- uh, Verity? Yes, right. Yep. Yeah, Ver- Verity um, Lambert. Verity Lambert. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, and then also it was uh, directed by an East Indian named Morris Hussein, who actually just appeared at, um, at Gallifrey One. He's still around. Yes, he was. Um, he was the surprise guest of uh, Pachak last year at Gallifrey One. Yeah. So, um, and uh, you know, they were uh, not the typical folks that you were make responsible for BBC programming, which I think might be one of the reasons why this was such a different and unique uh, take on 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 children's shows and, and science fiction. Mm-hmm. Oh, very much so, and. It was completely different than anything that they had going at the time, probably, or even since, you know, and it, it became a hit right from the beginning, which is pretty interesting. And of course it had the really, it right from the beginning, it has the, the title theme by Ron Granier and uh, Delia Derbyshire. So that's, you know, that's probably one of the best themes, TV themes in, in my opinion ever. Well, it's interesting because, People to this day don't know how, on the equipment they had at the time, how they were able to capture that sound. Yeah, it's kind of curious. And it's really, really cool. Okay, um, Dave, what about you? Uh, this one, it was it was interesting for me. I'd, I've watched it before, but never really with a critical eye and never, you know, it's been just kind of playing. I've never sat down and really, really... Uh, giving it a good watch, and it turns out it's because the middle two parts were a little tough for me to to make it through. I thought the first episode was excellent. Uh, the last episode with the big caveman fight uh, and and where it really wraps everything up, there's a lot going on there. The doctor's involved with that, but episodes two and three uh, just lose me every time. I had to really sit there and and you know, focus on them to get through it this time. Uh, I do. I love the score on this one. I thought the music was fantastic. It was almost like a horror movie. 
Agreed. Uh, and, and it really, they just did a great job with that. I don't, I couldn't name the composer right now, but, but it was very good. Uh, Susan was great. She, to me, was the most compelling character in this episode from being so odd at the beginning and, and the way that Ian and Barbara have their conversation about her and how strange she is. And, and uh, Ian talks about wanting to trip her up, you know, thinking she's so much smarter. And, you know, do you ever do anything to, to try and get her? I thought that was a very real discussion between them. But Susan was great. She, at the, when the doctor's getting attacked by the caveman and she just screams and jumps on that one guy's back. That was awesome. <laughs> And she's just walking around picking up skulls and stuff. Like she, she was a really, really good character in this. But uh, overall, like I said, the the, the middle portion is just tough for me. I'm going to give this one a a two point five okay. Tardises out of five because it's it's half good for me. Cool. I appreciate that one. I think I could see a lot of your points and everything. I kind of agree with that. I almost felt like during like the caveman battle, I almost felt like the Star Trek battle theme should have been on there. Uh, yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and so, I love that though. But it was it was great. Um, Rebecca. Well, um, this is actually the first time that I had seen this episode, this storyline as well. Uh, I've seen bits and pieces, but I've never actually sat through and watched the whole thing. Um, and I, you know, I agree that this is required viewing for any Doctor Who fan is because you get so much information in just, even just the first, the first, uh, episode. Um, and I also agree that I, I was, I had a bit of a hard time sitting through, um, it was, it was the Cave of Skulls, I think was the second part and then, uh, Forest of Fear, uh, a little, a little slow, a little, uh, <laughs> little plotting, but um, I think given the fact that they had such a minuscule budget, uh, they did a really good job with the sets and um, the way that everything looked, you know, especially the TARDIS, uh, because it's such a iconic thing. Um, and, uh, you know, the fact that when you see the inside of it, you instantly know where you're at. They don't even have to, you know, even if you just flipped, up, flipped on the, the show, you would know instantly where they were. Um, but um, overall, I, I, I really liked it, and I would give it four TARDISes. Okay. Bobby? Uh, I really enjoyed it. It's the first time I had seen it as well. Um, uh, as I mentioned earlier, the writing was very tight, and uh, this was written by Anthony Coburn, uh, who I thought did a really good job on the story. Um, as I mentioned before, you know, it's, and it, and it kind of echoes what what they just mentioned with uh, episodes two and three were a little more difficult, but I think it's because the doctor almost disappears in episodes two and three. He becomes yeah. like a background character for those two episodes. Yeah, good call. And and I think and then yeah, when the later ones he's kind of back front and center, it picks back up because it's you know if you're watching Doctor Who, you kind of want to see the doctor do something. <laughs> um, you know, yes, I, I'm not watching Captain Caveman. I'm watching Doctor Who. <laughs> uh, so, but I thought it was really tight writing, um, you know, and just an excellent start to the series. And I'm I'm just sad I, it took me this long to sit down and watch these. And I am now curious because it ends on a cliffhanger. I am curious to see what happens next, you know. Yeah, that was a great, great ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, with I the radiation detector. I have yes. to say for the next yes. episode. Well, well now you've got to watch the Daleks. Exactly. Yeah, you've got to watch the next one. <laughs> exactly. Exterminate. Exterminate. Which, which I have already watched, but I won't spoil it for you. So. <laughs> spoilers, darling. Spoilers. Oh, wait. Spoilers, that's many darling. years from now. Wait. That's many years, yeah. So, well, or is it? Well, it's timey wimey. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So, all that said, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it uh, three and a half Tardises. Okay. So I was I was yeah I'm gonna cut the Tardis in half. So, uh Oh. So three and a half Tardises. Oh wow, that's the end of all space and time. Thanks, exactly. <laughs> Gee, Bobby. Well, I could have pulled a Dan and went three point four two eight seven six Tardises, but. I, so much for this is the first and last episode of ESW. Thanks, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> the show just imploded on itself, folks. Thanks, Bobby. Okay. Here, that's what I'm here for. Um, I'm gonna... The TARDIS has repaired itself in the past. It could possibly repair itself again. You there never you know. I just thought of something <laughs> the really cool. It's never gone up against me, though. <laughs> something that would. I just thought of something that would be really cool that might blow people's minds. Wouldn't it be kind of funny if River Song was Susan's mother? It is possible. Mm. Wouldn't that be kind of timey wimey? Oh, that would uh, be nice. To make so that would be Amy. Amy would be Susan's grandmother. Yeah, and sure. the doctor would be Susan's grandfather. Just blow my mind. Wow. Yeah. And then everyone's head explodes. Exactly. Pop. <laughs> you know, everyone just goes. <laughs> They're just sitting there, and Stephen Moffat's going, <laughs> um, but the story, I loved it, the be- the beginning of it, like I said earlier, um, William Hartnell was so different than I pictured him being. Every I've always heard that, you know, before I watched the episode, that he was a crotchety old man, and that, you know, that he was just sometimes very gruff, but I didn't expect him to be so gruff. You didn't expect them to pick up a rock and go, I'm going to kill this guy. Exactly. (laughs) You just don't expect that. Um, I'm like everybody else. The middle two episodes of the storyline were kind of rough to watch, but I really, really enjoyed the first one and the last one and just what led, you know, them led to them getting out and everything. And, you know, I could definitely see why it piqued people's interest. And then, how it took off with the next episode, which was the Daleks, like we everyone said. And we'll be getting, you know, you know, we'll be exploring more. And with this episode, I'll probably have to give it three TARDISes. And just because what it represents and such, I think the middle two episodes pull it down for me a little bit. But it was neat because the characters I liked the most in this was Ian and Susan. They were my two favorites. Yeah, I really liked Ian by the end as well. Exactly. They they, they totally sold him to me. William Russell yeah. was great as I'm still Ian. Still not sold on Susan yet. Oh, Susan, you know, she's the plucky teenager, blah blah blah, you know, everyone No, I'm sorry, not Susan. Um Barbara? Barbara. Yeah, I'm Barbara? Not sold, yeah, I'm not sold on Barbara yet. I, mean, I was never a big Barbara fan, but that's a whole different story. But I've seen <laughs> That was that was show tunes last week. No. <laughs> and I've seen the uh the ep- some episodes subsequent to that and she does actually come up and, and, and come into her own a little bit more. So, oh, sure. So I know that she does. But in this one, she's kind of like the one that I'm the least interesting, actually, for me. She's yeah. the screaming ninny in this that, one. That, yes. well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but back then, that's what they expected with, you know, the, for the companions. Sure. 
You know, doctor, and, and, what is it? <laughs> and, and again and again over the years. Ex- well, exactly. <laughs> exactly. They were setting the formula very early yeah. for this. He would lay the groundwork for companions to come. Exactly. <laughs> so that was our real quick look at an unearthly child. Let's now, you know, this is going to be now the portion of the show where we're going to be talking about, you know, the um, like the fan scene around Doctor Who and everything, upcoming stuff that we're looking forward to, what rumors we've heard and such. Um, like, you know, everyone, you know, we've talked about on Earth Station One a little bit is the upcoming IDW comic of the crossover of Doctor Who and Star Trek that, you know, it's coming out. We're actually, a few of us are looking forward to that. Yes. I'm pretty um, Tony Lee is going to be writing it. Uh, for those who don't know, Tony Lee has been writing the regular Doctor Who comic until recently. Actually, I don't think he's writing it. I think he is. Is he plotting it? He's more like a consultant. Yeah, he's um, more like a the, consultant on the Doctor Who part of it. Right. Um, the The Tipton brothers are, are actually writing it. Oh, yeah. okay. And, and, and Tony... Somebody else is working on it as well. There's eight issues, so it's yes. going to be a variety of people. Right. And it's just not, you know, they're starting off with the Cybermen and the Borg as the villains. for. Yes. But I know they're going to be touching on a lot of different Doctor Who villains and also a lot of different Star Trek villains, which is going Speak- to be really cool. Speaking of Tony Lee, let me thank you guys for mentioning the uh, IDW Doctor Who comic. I'd avoided it. Uh, for a little while because those Ben Temple Smith covers put me off so much. But I went back and picked up this last series that started, I guess it was last year, uh, with with the 11th Doctor right. yeah. that Tony Lee uh, wrote. I'm, I'm a little ways into it now. I'm playing catch-up, but it's excellent. I love yeah. it. Tony Lee has the characters down. Uh, I just finished up the Westworld arc. Oh, I did mean, you love not... how they had a T-Rex as the Doctor's oh, companion? Oh, my gosh. Kevin. Kevin was awesome. Kevin is great. Um, but I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying the comic. Not Maybe some of the art not so much, but, but the writing is just spot on Doctor Who. I, I think it's fantastic. It, the art is kind of rough in it. I'm not the biggest fan of the artist who was doing it, you know. But Tony Lee's writing of the characters, he, had, he nailed them. Yeah, that's what's got me. I mean, every little thing they say, you can hear it coming out in the actors' voices. I mean, it's just very, very well done. Um, but with the the one things you might want to also look at is Tony also did the Tenth Doctor stories, also. Oh, yeah. nice! I'll I'll definitely check those out. Oh, and I uh, Fairy Tale Life. That one was also, also really good. Very, very good. I thoroughly enjoyed that. That one I had read previously and liked very much. Um, Kelly Yates does some of the artwork for that. And Kelly was awesome. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did a great job. I actually got to speak to him at Heroes Con last year. He was a very nice guy. We've been trying yep. to get him on the show, and maybe now that we're a dedicated Doctor Who show, we will definitely focus on getting him on this podcast. That would be cool. Um, but very cool. Um, we also have you know rumors going on with you know the taping of the new season and everything and such. So it's very very cool stuff. You know that's going on with the show and everything. Sophia Definitely Miles. exciting time to yes. be a Doctor Who. Um, Sophia Miles is rumored going around that she might be the new companion. That um, I don't know. I think it might be kind of weird if they bring her in as um, Madame de Pompadour. 
Mm-hmm. Did I pronounce that right, Madam? Yes, I think Madam so. Popular. As yeah. far as I'm but, concerned, you did. Okay, all right. But this is not, this yeah, I, knew we, yeah. I know we brought you on hey. for the show, Dave. Hello. <laughs> So, I'm back. Yeah, I, I had to take a trip in the TARDIS and then I <laughs> do some stuff and I'm back. Well, very cool. To us, she's only been gone for a couple of minutes, but she's been gone for years. Been gone, yeah. It's been right. about thirty years, but I'm back. She, she got so, she so, caught up and watched every single episode of Doctor Who there yeah. is when it originally so, aired. So, so tell us, Rebecca, how is episode five hundred of ESW? Uh, <laughs> uh, spoiler spelling, I but the. Uh, the forty fifth incarnation of the doctor is 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 pretty great. Oh, is that when he was the five year old uh, uh, little girl with pigtails? That's that's right. And I won't even go into the Justin Bieber doctor. But I'll wow. save that for later. That's what I forgot. Uh, so he's going to surprise you all. Let me just say, blow so, your mind. Let's ask. Do you want to see Sophia Miles as the new companion? I would be happy with that. Definitely. I can see it. Yeah. Uh, if if she's not Madame Pompadour, maybe uh, I'm. You know, I certainly don't have anything against the actress. Right. Uh, but as far as um, you know, the fact that 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 uh, uh, she that character had a relationship with uh, the Tenth Doctor, like a flirty relationship, I don't really want to go back to that kind of thing. No, I don't want to see another Rose, especially now that he's married. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> could could she I mean, be? A- they could perhaps maybe make her a relation of Madame right. yeah. Pompadour and, yeah, and that she's somehow related to her. Because otherwise yeah. it would be weird to see that actress on the show and, oh, it's Madame de Pompadour. It's her great, 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 great granddaughter or something. <laughs> exactly. In other words, she's great. <laughs> cool. So um, we'll be keeping track of that over the next couple of weeks and, you know, we'll you'll hopefully hear from it first. Um Cool. Do you know, um, Dave, do you know of any new action figures or toys that are coming up for Dr. Who? Oh, oh, do I. Uh, A company called Big Chief Studios uh, over in the UK is producing some amazing looking one-sixth scale uh, figures of the Doctor and Amy. Uh, They're currently available for pre-order. I believe the signature editions are sold out, but the regular editions are still available. Uh, and these things look fantastic. Anybody's familiar with Hot Toys, uh, the Japanese company that does the one-six scale figures? Right. These look to be about on par with the Hot Toys figures. They're, of course, a little pricey. Uh, they're going to be right around two hundred dollars American. Uh, I don't have my conversion chart in front of me, but that's that's the neighborhood. But they they really really look fantastic and one of the big selling points for me cuz i'm i'm going to be picking these up uh, reviews will be forthcoming but uh and doctor should be hitting in the next couple of months and amy i believe is going to be in october but one of the big selling points is they're also doing accessory kits so that you can update them they're doing the doctor's long his duster and the stetson they're doing amy's you know various stuff that she's had very cool. uh, uh, they, lots of the little gizmos from the show. Huh. What was that? Pirate Amy? Uh, I, I'm, I'm sure they will. They're because yeah. they're very committed to the little accessory packs because that's how they're going to keep you know making money once they've sold the figures. I'm sure they'll end up doing a Rory next year as well, or at least I hope they do. Well, it'd be nice but, if they did. Yeah, yeah, and and I'm sure if these take off because this this company has never done anything like this before. 
Uh, the only other product they've got is a vinyl David Tennant figure. It's about 10 inches tall, and it's cartoony looking. It's it's very cool, not my thing, but they did a good job with it. But this is a new company, so you know if these take off, I'm sure we'll be seeing lots of things in the future. But uh, for right now, if you check out uh, – Big Chief Studios, just Google it. I wish I could give you the website right now. But, we'll uh, have it up in their show notes. Yeah, yeah, definitely check it out. Uh, fantastic looking products, and they come with tons of accessories. Uh, Amy, cool. Amy comes with a little Raggedy Man doctor and a TARDIS and, of course, multiple hands and whatnot. Cool. You'll be able to see that on the, uh, on the website. Absolutely. Very cool, sir. Appreciate that. All right, you guys ready to wrap this thing up for our episode one? Sure. I know we could all talk about Doctor Who forever, but, you know, we're going to try to keep these shows a little bit shorter than the Earth Station 1 ones. So, you know, I know so, that's somewhere, gonna... somewhere around the Internet, there was a collective. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard it. <laughs> and I thought it was just a breeze out there or something. Well, I want to thank everyone for joining us tonight for the very first episode. Mike, thank you for being our co-host. Well, as always, it's my pleasure, and I'm really excited for this. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad we're doing this, and I look forward to next week already. Dave, you made it through your first episode. Uh, it's, I did, and it was wonderful, and I'm thrilled to be a part of this. Oh, it's going to be great, man. I think this is going to be a really cool thing to do. Bobby, thanks for sitting in with us. Oh, my pleasure. I appreciate it. I guess That's we have to call, call you friend of the show again. I, so I'm back to again. Boy, you know what it is when you're when you're in, you're a guest. When you're out, you're a pest. <laughs> you know, kind of makes sense there <laughs> somehow. Rebecca, thank you so much for sitting in with us this week. Oh well, thank you for having me. I had a really good time, and I'm looking forward to the next one. Oh, it's going to be fun. And you know, anytime you want to sit in with us, just let us know. She's got the podcasting bug now that Uh-oh. she's yeah, survived yeah. her first one. I'm, I'm hurt. She's going to go through with withdrawals tomorrow. Exactly. Should be They're like potato chips. You can't do just one. (laughs) (laughs) We are the Earth Station Who podcast. You can subscribe to our show through iTunes eventually. I think hopefully we'll be up on iTunes in the next week or two. Um, You could also visit our website at www.earthstationwho.com or eswpodcast.com. Uh, for news, older podcasts, and upcoming show schedules. We also now have a Facebook group for Earth Station Who. We'd like you to join up and sign up and, you know, chat about Doctor Who stuff. We'll put articles up there about the show, rumors, news, and cool, like, toy stuff. I'm sure Dave will be starting to post stuff up there and such. Oh, yes. And Mike will be putting comic stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm excited. There's a lot of comic stuff happening. So exactly. Cool. Doctor Who is just, you know, everywhere. And especially with the anniversary coming up soon. Should Great be... time to be a fan. Exactly. Um, we, you know, we're under the, uh, right now we're still under the Earth Station One Twitter page. So, you know, if you want to friend us up there, it's uh, Earth Station One, you know, on Twitter and also Google Plus. So it would be really cool. If you want to email us, it's eswpodcast at gmail.com. And we have a phone number if you want to leave, leave feedback on how we did for our first time or any suggestions. And that doesn't include getting rid of any of the hosts. That's the first thing. <laughs> Thank goodness. Yeah. 404-963-9057. Um, we'd really appreciate any kind of feedback. You know, if you let us know how we're doing or what you guys thought of the first episode of Doctor Who, um, let us know. You know, did you like William Hartnell's The Doctor? Didn't you like him? What didn't you like about the series? That type of thing. And where did would you, you like, like Barbara's eyebrows? Exactly. 
That's very good. You know, please help support ESW. We have a Zazzle store on our website, and we will have the Earth Station Who t-shirts up there soon. So that should be in the next week also. You know, this is all coming together slowly and surely. Um, you can help support ESW by subscribing to our Amazon.com link and get really cool Doctor Who videos right off that page. As soon as you go into there, you'll see Doctor Who stuff. It's pretty darn cool. Thanks for listening to our show. My name is Mike Faber. I've been your host for this week. We will see you back next week when we talk about the 10th planet and power of the Daleks. Thanks. Bye. You've been listening to Earth Station Who, a bi-monthly podcast dedicated to all things Doctor Who, featuring Mike F., Mike G., and Dave. All topics on the show are the sole opinions of the individual and are to be used for entertainment value alone. You can subscribe to our podcast up on iTunes or follow our blog at www.eswpodcast.com. You can also follow us up on Facebook or Twitter. Comments or feedback are always welcome at eswpodcast at gmail.com. This show is a proud member of the ESO Network and produced by Calico Productions, copyright 2012.